Shalom Aleikum, Griff. Aleikum Shalom, Easter. How you doing today? I'm blessed and highly favored. How are you? I'm doing well. Every day above ground is a good day, as I always say. So it's a great day today. Yes, welcome everyone. Another day in paradise. We can't murmur or complain because we're still here. We still have another opportunity Amen. to serve. And so today is our sixth episode. We're going to talk about the curses on disobedience. So the curses on disobedience. Uh, we ask that you leave your uh, uh, messages or leave anything at the bottom of comment for us. Uh, we're going to uh, keep on talking about this. Why are we doing this? The awakening. We are awake. Our identity. We are the Hebrew Israelites. Hebrew Israelites are from the Ebo tribe. That's who we are. That's our ethnicity. And so until you uh, digest this, until you get it, we're going to keep on saying it. We're going to keep on proving it. And we're going to keep on giving you evidence behind it. You know why? Because we love you. And God has commissioned us to do this. Okay? So um, Easter keeping it real. I'm Easter. I'm going to keep it real. And I want to give you a couple scriptures. And then I want to uh, talk to you about a little bit about uh, something. About not despising the small things. So let's just give a little uh, scripture, Luke 21. So Luke 21 and one, we're gonna start. And this is about the widow or two mites. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow, which means she didn't have a husband putting in two mites, that's two coins. So he said, truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in the offering for God, but she put of her she put out of her poverty, put in all the livelihood that she had. So she put in her last two coins. And this woman made history in the Bible. Uh, they gave, but she gave out of the goodness of her heart. She gave the last of what she had to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, that's one. Let's go to Matthew 26. Matthew uh, 26, we're going to start at 7. So this is about the alabaster box. A lot of you uh, remember this famous woman too. Matthew uh, 26 and 7, I'm going to start reading. Oh, let me put my glasses on here. I'm getting a little older, Griff, your mother, so she has to put on her reading glasses. Aren't we all, okay. Easter? Aren't we all? You see, I stay with mine on. I don't even go into contacts no more. So I feel you. A woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrance oil, and she poured it on his head. She poured it on Yahshua's head, and she sat at the table. But when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why waste this? For this fragrance oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus saw and was aware of it, he said to him, why do you trouble this woman? For she has gone, she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me, you don't have always. For in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. So they didn't get that. She was preparing for his burial. She could have sold that, that fragrance, but she, she put it on Yahshua. She gave it from her heart. He didn't despise the small things. And then the last scripture I want to go into is Mark 3, 1 through 6. <clears throat> and this is actually Yahshua himself. And this talks about uh, when he healed on the Sabbath day, which today is the Sabbath day 
and it's also um, the first Sabbath day of the month, which is our first fruit. We're going to have a communion at the end. Okay, so Mark 3, he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on, you know, those are the haters. They were watching him closely, healed him on the Sabbath, so they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. And then he said to him, it is lawful on a Sabbath day to do good or to do evil or to save life or to kill. He's asking them the question. But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger and being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored and whole as the other. So as their tradition, they didn't want to heal on a Sabbath day. But uh, God, when human needs become critical, it is accepted to violate tradition on Sabbath laws. And so these are some of the things, when I say don't, don't despise the small things. Um, I used to have this fitness studio. We would do this meditation sometime. We would do meditations actually every day. And Griff, I'm gonna ask you a question. If I had a dollar and um, I said, I'm gonna give you half, what are you expecting? Uh, well, my mathematical brain would cut that in half and say I would get 50 cents out of it. Your mathematical and your flesh would say you get 50 cents. But if I had never given anybody anything before and I said today is the day I'm going to share that I'm going to invest in someone that I, I'm, I'm going to tie into something and I gave you a quarter and I thought that was I was elated by it and so happy and you came back and said this, this is not enough. You, you didn't give me the right amount. That would hurt me. That would basically make me go back in. That means you, dis, you despise what I, had, what I had given you. Um, what I'm trying to say is don't miss your blessing. Don't miss your blessing worrying about what you think is 50 or 100 or whatever percentage. If someone is doing something for their heart and they're doing it out of love, don't despise the small things because like I said last week, some people weren't even taught uh, on your level. So you have to meet people where they are and don't hurt people. Okay. And then if somebody hurts you, if you're on the other side of that, don't stop because somebody hurts you. That means that the devil has power over you to never give the devil power over you and your giving and your situation. You feel me, Griff? Amen. Amen. So I just want to put that out there because I know when I think back at some of my fleshly ways um, and childish ways, I've missed out on some things and I don't want you to miss out on anything. Okay, so we're going to go into our lesson. We're excited. Um, Deuteronomy 28 is where this is coming from, uh, the curses on disobedience. So Griff, I'm excited. Go ahead and take it over. Amen. Thank you for that, Sister Easter. Um, yeah, so today is a momentous lesson. Um, this is another one of those things that when I first encountered this, it was just um, a smoking gun as to who we are, who our identity is, and um, how these scriptures are playing out in modern culture. So we're going to hop into Deuteronomy 28. We're going to read through. Deuteronomy 28 has both the, the blessings and the curses for the nation of Israel. And so it shows both if you if you follow my commandments, these blessings will come to you. 
And if you don't follow my commandments, these curses will overtake you. So there's mm. the context of it. Um, of course, this is Deuteronomy. It's in the Old Testament and the Torah. More specifically, it's in the Pentateuch. Uh, so it's one of the first five books of the Bible. So that means that Moses is the writer of this. Okay. okay. So with that said, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen so you can see the verses on screen as I read through them. And then we'll go ahead and get started here. So here is Deuteronomy 28. Um, again, in this, you have both. Uh, before I start, let me just explain what I'm looking at here. This is uh, called Bible Hub. And uh, these are, this is called the parallel chapters. Why I like to look at this and never have a chance is because I'm reading De De Deuteronomy 28 here, but I can read uh, five different versions at once. So I can cross-reference the different versions of the Bible. So I can see I have the NIV in this first column, the English Standard Version in the second column, uh, the NASB third, the King James fourth. And so you can see you have different versions, so you can see how it's been translated over time, which is why oh, okay. I pulled this one up. I've never um, seen that. Yeah, this is Bible Hub, one of my favorite online Bibles, Bible Hub. You can look at the Hebrew, the Greek, but this parallel here is always awesome. Um, okay. so, with, so, so with that said, I'm going to skip over uh, verses 1 through 14 because those are the blessings. And I'm going to go down to the curses, and we're going to start hearing the curses. And we're going to see, as we read through these curses, what I want you to continually think is, who does this apply to in, today, in today's age? In today's world, who would this apply to? Okay, um, I'm gonna start here with verses 45 through 46 because I wanna start by showing that Yahweh said that these would be a mark on his people to show who his people were. So let's jump down to verses 45 through 46, then we'll come back up to some other verses here. Okay. Let's jump down there first. I'm not going to go through every verse here because I want to keep this under an hour. So I'm not going to go through everything in depth, um, but we're just going to look at some of the ones that are uh, stand out pretty, pretty easily. So verses 45 through 46. Um, in this, remember Moses is the writer and he's writing what God is telling him. So it says, all these curses will come on you. They will pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the Lord your God and observe the commands and decrees that he gave you. Verse 46, they will be a sign and a wonder to you and your descendants forever. Okay, mm -hmm. now I started here for a number of reasons. Uh, so again, Moses wrote this. So, so in these curses, we know that they are, they are not the curses that happened in Egypt. There is not the oppression in Egypt because obviously Moses was the one that led the Israelites out of Egypt. So he wrote this after they were already out of Egypt. Um, now, what I wanted, I wanted to start here, and I want to pay, pay special attention to the fact that it says that here in verse 45, they will pursue you and overtake you. Or if I look at the King James Version over here to the, in the second to last column on the right, it says, they shall pursue thee and overtake thee until you are destroyed. Why do I point that out? I point that out to say that um, these curses will happen continually throughout history every time that the Israelites disobeyed the voice of God as a nation. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I say I have to say that these could have happened and they did happen. Some of these curses did happen in the Babylonian captivity. Some of these curses did happen in the Assyrian, in the Assyrian captivity. Uh-huh. But I start, I start here to point out that God says, Yahweh says in the midst of these curses that they will continually pursue us. They will pursue us again and again and again every time that we break these commandments. Okay. So well, you um, have another 400 years to go through this. So as long as we're breaking these commandments, the curses will continually pursue us. Um, just a little context here. We know that God gave two kinds of covenants to his people. He gave unconditional covenants and conditional covenants. Unconditional covenants are like what he gave to Abraham that said, your seed will be as numerous as the stars and as the, as the sand and, mm-hmm. that the, and that the Messiah will come through your bloodline. He told that to both David and Abraham. That's unconditional. No matter what man does, no matter what his descendants do, no matter what Israel does, those things will stay consistent. The Messiah had to come through that bloodline. But then there's also the conditional covenants. And here's where we see conditional. If you do this, then I will do this. A condition, right? If you don't do this, then I will do this. So these curses fall into the conditional covenant and saying that if you obey, I will bless you. If you disobey, I will curse you there's a condition that leads to where we are today. Okay. Okay. So we see that they will continually, this is a continual covenant between the God and his nation that if they break these curse, if they break these commandments, uh, the 10 commandments and the 613 different uh, mitzvahs, then we will be cursed by God. And then it says in verse 46, they will be a sign and a wonder to you and your descendants forever. Well, what is a sign? Well, a sign, if I put a sign up, then that's a marker for what's there. For example, if I put a stop sign up, then that's a marker that you need to stop on this corner. If, uh-huh. I, put a, if I put a trespass, do no trespassing sign up, that's a marker that if I go past this, I will be trespassing. So really? Signs, really? Are, signs are markers, right? Uh-huh. Why is that important? Because... Uh, what, what Yahweh is saying here is that we will know his people by these blessings and these curses. They will be a sign of who his people are. The people who fulfill the blessings and the curses, the people who they apply to, they, they are his people because he set these blessings and curses up as a sign. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the sign is the marker of who his people are. He okay. Israelites. That's right. Exactly. So we know the Israelites by the signs. It'll mm-hmm. be a sign of your people. Okay, so with that said, now that we have understanding of those two verses, let's go back and look through some of these uh, curses here. And let's just see, um, again, as we look through these, be thinking to yourself, who does this apply to in modern context? Who will fulfill this in modern context? Okay, so I'm going to come, again, I'm not going to go through every single verse here, but I'm going to start uh, with verse 18. Let's go ahead and start there. Okay, verse 18. It says, the fruit of your womb will be cursed and the crops of your land and the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. The fruit of your womb and the crops of your land will be cursed. Um, We have to think about slavery when we think about these curses because that is a part of the reason why we're here because we were exiled from Africa. So the fruit of your womb and the crops of your land will be cursed. Uh, in, here in America, let's just talk about America, not even the whole world yet. Here in America, 
mm-hmm. whose who, the fruit of whose womb was cursed and the crops of whose land was cursed here in America. The Hebrew Israelites, who they call African Americans today. The African Americans, the fruit of our womb has been cursed. What do I mean when I say that? Well, look at the abortion rates here in America, right? Mm-hmm. Literally, uh, African Americans or Blacks have triple to quadruple the, uh, depending on the source, the abortion rates of any other race in America. The fruit of our womb is cursed. We can't even get our babies out of the womb because we've oh, under this yeah. curse. Help us, Jesus. Again, I'm not going to go too far into any of these. I'm just going to give a quick, a quick hit on these so you can uh, research and look at them yourself. Second one we have here is verses 21 through 22. The Lord will, will send on you curses, confusion, and rebuke, and everything you put your hand to until you are destroyed and come to sudden ruin because of the evil you have done and forsaken him. The Lord will plague you with diseases until he has destroyed you from the land you are entering to possess. Who are the, okay, so we said diseases. Diseases is sickness, right? When you think of disease, you think of sickness. In this COVID pandemic, who has been the most at risk to die from COVID? Exactly. The Hebrew, Israel, African-Americans have been at risk, the highest risk. Blacks. Why have they been at the highest risk? Because we have the most underlying health conditions or we have the most disease here in America. And so these diseases have overtaken us here in America from diabetes to AIDS to uh, you name it, heart disease to you name it. And these diseases have overtaken us at a much higher rate than anybody else. We've been been plagued with diseases. It says he will send on us confusion and rebuke us and everything we put our hand to. We'll come back to that one later. We'll see that one again uh, brought up later. It'll be more clear. Next, let's go here to uh, verse. I read, it, I read last night, I went over it again, and, and 48, 48 through 50 really broke my heart. Yep, and, and, and we will get there in just a second. I got all those on the list here as well. Okay. Um, so 21 and 22 talk about underlying disease. He will strike you with wasting disease, with fever, uh, verse 22, with fever and inflammation. All this stuff is what we go through, right? Diabetes, uh, arthritis. <laughs> uh psoriasis uh, i mean there's so many diseases that we have that are so our our health condition is so much worse than our white counterparts and even our hispanic counterparts here in america um but let's keep going here let's go to verse 26 next feel free to interject whenever you want to hear uh sister easter with questions or anything else um okay. 26 next this one here is one when i read it i was like man uh 26 says your carcasses will be food for all the birds and the wild animals, and there will be no one to frighten them away. I read that, and I thought about the lynching. I thought about exactly. when they lynched us, and they, they tied us to those trees, and they were hanging, and they would just let them hang there for days, and the birds and the maggots and the flies would eat our people. And exactly. it, it, it breaks my heart to read it, but I, I was reading it, and I thought about that. Strange fruit hanging from the trees, as Billie Holiday was said, is strange fruit. Mm-hmm. They will be food for all the birds. How many lynchings happened to our people here in America? How many blacks were hung on trees and our carcasses were left as food for the birds? Our carcasses were left as food for the wild animals that might have come in bears and things like that that came and, and ate our flesh afterwards. We didn't get proper burials. 
We didn't no. get any of that. They just left us there as an example to other slaves. If you do this, this will happen. Who else in the world is fulfilling this at this present or fulfilled this in these last uh, couple hundred years? No one else in the world has gone through that torture like the black Americans have gone through, like the Hebrew Israelites have gone through. No other race has. No, the, the, the transatlantic slave trade. It, it, it is not just Americans, right? Let, let, let's be clear here. It's, it's, it's Haitians, Jamaicans, uh, anybody who was involved in the transatlantic slave trade, uh, you know, we know of, of it so much here in America because we are the ruling power of America, as far as America. So you see the images here get broadcasted so widely across the earth. But it, our brothers in Jamaica hate, and, and Haiti and South America and Central America, um, even in Canada, they all have the sentence of, of the slave trade that are Hebrew people that went well, through it even, it even says in Deuteronomy, we spread all across the world. It even says that here in Deuteronomy. Yeah, we'll see that here in a second. But your carcasses will be food for all the birds and the wild animals. We know that happened to us as we were lynched and hung from these trees. Okay, uh, let's keep going here. Verse 28 next. Verse 28 next. It says, the Lord will afflict you with madness, blindness, and confusion of mind. Madness, mm -hmm. blind, and confusion of mind. Verse 29, at midday, you will grope about like a blind person in the dark. You will be unsuccessful in everything that you do. Day after day, you will be oppressed and robbed with no one to rescue you. Oh, Lord. So let's go back to 28 for a second. You will, he will afflict you with madness, blindness, and confusion of mind. Madness, blindness, confusion of mind. Look I know at, confusion of mind is giving us all this ethnicity that's not our label. Like I said, the, the Negro, the, the Black, the African-American, confusion that the people in the Bible are white. You put a white uh, Yahshua, Jesus on the cross, that's confusion because it's a lie. Anything that's a lie is confusion. Exactly, it's Sister Easter. We're, we're, we're confused at the base of our identity. Confusion of mind. Well, we don't even know who we are. We define ourselves by a color out of a crayon box, we're black, or we could define ourselves by two continents, we're African-American. What does it mean to be two continents? Who else is defined in this way? Right. The fact that we don't even have an identity, the fact that we don't even know who we are ethnic, we don't even have an, a true ethnicity, tells you that we are uh, blinded and we're confused. That's right. right. And, and, and it's obviously been an agenda to do this to us, but we're blinded and confused. Madness. Devil, your time is up. 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 Madness. How, how many of us? His time is up. Absolutely. Madness. How many of us are driven mad by watching George Floyd? How many have been mad by watching our black brothers and, Swiss, and brothers and sisters killed in the streets? How many of us are driven mad by, by seeing what's going on with our people, by seeing the poverty, by seeing the the uh, circumstances, how many, how many have you been mad by listening to our music and realizing that we're putting poison into our own veins? We're making these images and shipping them across the world of, um, of what it means to be black. I was watching a podcast the other day, I listened to a podcast the other day, and um, they were talking about uh, the aftermath of Katrina, right? Mm -hmm. And there was this idea of, in Katrina, we saw all these black people on their roofs on, you know, trying to get away from this storm, begging for food, begging the world, somebody please come and help me. Yet in all of our music, what have we done before this? 
to all the world we shipped out in our in our hip-hop music and believe me i am a hip-hop fan i love hip-hop i think it's one of the most beautiful art forms in the world but i but it's not above critique and so i got to critique it where it needs to be critiqued um in our music we've sent out what that we're bees our women are bees and our women are our HOEs and we ain't nothing but just niggas and dogs, right? Mm -hmm. We 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 sent that out to the world. Yeah. So now, so now the world sees us in Katrina. They see us on the rooftops begging for aid, and they saying, "Well, why would I send aid to a bunch of female dogs and hoes and you know niggas and well, why would I send aid to these people who define themselves that way? They define themselves as subhuman. So why mm -hmm. would I then respect them as human?" It's a, it's a contradiction because we're we're mad. Our music we put out is a music that shows our blindness and our confusion and our madness. Who else would describe their people in this way? Who else would make music videos, make videos subjecting their women in this way and putting them on a pole in the video? And who else would do these things, would, would glorify selling drugs and tearing down their people? We do it because we're mad. The trick of the devil, but the time is up. And that's why a lot of races, you know, um, me coming from Pennsylvania, I asked, there's a lot of Italians there. And I said, why don't you all respect the black man? Because I work for the police department. You know what the answer was? Because they sell drugs to their own people. They mm. kill their own people. And that's why we have no respect for the, for the black man. That's what yeah. I was told. And, and, and thank, thank you for that point, Sister Easter. And, and I'm tired of this argument that people say, oh, well, well, black on black crime isn't a real thing because every neighborhood has crime. Every people group, they commit crime against one another. Like whites commit most crime against whites, Hispanics against Hispanics, and blacks against blacks. I get all that. I understand what you're saying when you say that. But to not tackle the problem of what's going on in our communities, use it as an excuse, that, that's not right. Well, uh, the, the the news media is exploiting us right now because what's happening is we're having this protest and then they're saying, well, look at Chicago. Black people are killing black. There's white people killing white people. You hear about kids, white kids killing their parents all the time for inheritance and money, but it's never broadcast. So we're, we're exploited in those type of ways. So don't give me that. Mexicans kill Mexicans, Spanish kills Spanish, black kill black, white kill white. It's going on. It's just we're the one that's always in the news with the cameras in our face. Because who controlled the news? The Caucasians control the news. They control the media. Trump and his friends control it. That's why. Mm -hmm. And we don't go too far into that right now. I'm going to keep it on Deuteronomy 28, but, but you're right. right in a lot of what you're saying. But uh, Well, you know, I'm not used to keeping it real. I'm sorry. Go back. Go back. But but we, we've been afflicted with madness, blindness, and confusion of mind. And it shows up in so many aspects of our culture and our daily life. But um, let's go ahead. It, it says in 29 here that you will be unsuccessful in everything that you do. Day after day, you will be oppressed and robbed. Are we oppressed and robbed day after day? I would ask that question. Are we Constantly. oppressed and robbed day after day? Constantly minimum wage and that's why uh they're saying too that this COVID is killing a lot of african americans because a lot of them are working as essential workers they're working in the grocery store they have the bottom line job so they can't stay home because they have to feed their family so they, and then they have the underlying medical problems so between it all them having to work at these mcdonald's and these, these different places they're they're the ones then they get on in new york they get on those subways then they're all squished in 
So, so that's why. We're, exactly, sisters. And, and we're oppressed and robbed because of what we know uh, to be called systematic racism. They've literally made an entire system from, right. from the top down that is set up to continually oppress and rob the Black people, the descendants of, of, of slaves. And so when you talk about being continually oppressed and robbed, you're talking about a systematic oppression. You're talking about something that is not only like somebody calling you a nigger or something okay. like that kind of oppression. You're talking about oppression that runs so deep that it's built into the very fabric of our society. That's well, right. that would be systematic in oppression. Layman, in layman term, the United States was built off our backs, our ancestors for free. And then when they get these little uh, paying jobs, low paying jobs, it's like, nigga, you should be glad you even got this because we didn't want you to even have this. That's the mentality. Yep. That's the mentality of it all. Systematic oppression, systematic racism. Verse, 29, right. verse 29 plays out in systematic racism. But let's move forward to verse 30 here. Verse 30, and this is another one where you got to be like, man, I can't even, there's no interpretation needed here. Verse 30, you will be pledged to be married to a woman, but another will take her and rape her. You will mm. build a house, but you will not live in it. You will plant a vineyard, but you will not even begin to enjoy its fruit. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. It keeps repeating itself. And it has got the butt has to stop here. It has got to stop now. We can't do this. We can't go into this, this evolving circle another round. We can't. We can't. When you talk about being married to a, you, you'll be married to a woman, but another will take her and rape her. Well, what happened during uh, slavery? What happened when the slave master came to take one of our wives and we had no power over it? We saw it. And if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, watch Birth of a Nation where it happened to uh, one of, the, one of the, the black wives there. Watch Django Unchained, where it happened to, I mean, you can watch any of these old slavery movies and see this depiction, but we all know that our women were taken and raped. I mean, look at uh, Sally Fleming's, right? Uh, Thomas Jefferson's concubine, who he had many, many, many children with. But mm -hmm. um, our women were raped during slavery. Our women were raped again and again, whether they were married or not, didn't matter. They were taken right. from us and raped. So again, that one's not even an interpretation. That is a factual thing that happened to us during slavery. Look at the it's, next part of it. It's ugly, but it's the truth. It, it's the truth. You know, you can't hold it back. Uh, you will build a house, but you will not live in it. Well, all of those plantation houses in the South, all of those uh, big white old hills, white- Capitol Hill, White House, we built that. We can't live in it, but go I, ahead. I mean, you know, again and again and again, we see all this stuff that we built in slavery. We built all these houses, all these plantations, all these things, but could not enjoy the, the fruit of it. Couldn't enjoy living in that house. You will we plant a vineyard. Colleges, we built colleges, we built houses. All that was built off our back. All that riches and capitalism that came in was off of the slaves' work. You will plant a vineyard, but you will not begin to enjoy its fruit. I mean, do I need to go here? I mean, we planted cotton fields, tobacco fields, uh, you name it. We planted all this stuff, and obviously, because we were in, we were enslaved, couldn't enjoy its labor, couldn't enjoy the fruit of our labor. And That's so, right. verse thirty is one of those verses where there's no interpretation needed. <laughs> This all happened to us in a very factual way. Let's move forward here. Verse number 32. Your sons and your daughters will be given to another nation, and you will wear out your eyes, watching for them day after day, powerless to lift a hand. Well, we know that when, we, when our sons and daughters were born into slavery, 
they would rip them out of the arms of the mothers and sell them off to another plantation. It, the, it really breaks my heart. It, while, yes, they did that. While the mother sat there and cried out for her child and would even beg, sell me too, Master, sell me with them. Just please don't separate us. They didn't care because we weren't human beings. They mm. would tear our, 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 our children from the mother's bosom and sell them to somebody else so that we didn't have that chance to raise them and give them love and et cetera, et cetera. Help us, Yahshua. Help us, Yahshua. Help us, our, our sons and daughters were given to another nation, mm. right? They were given to a, 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 another slave owner. And what did that mother, and, and, and what do we know after slavery ended? We know that a lot of those freed slaves with no money, no nothing, the first thing they did is they went to find their family. Those mothers went to find their sons. The mothers, those husbands went to find their wives with nothing else before getting a job. They went to try to find, and some of them spent a lifetime and died trying mm -hmm. to find their family, right? right? So that may, so it makes sense when it says you will wear out your eyes watching for them day after day. They never gave up hope. Maybe one day I'll see them again. They'll get sold back day after day, but you will be powerless to lift a hand, mm -hmm. right? That's what happened to us during to slavery. We watched for our, our, our family day after day, but we couldn't do anything but remain in servitude, in bondage. There's verse 32 for you. Uh, verse 33, this goes back to what we already talked about, but a people you do not know will eat what your land and labor produce. A people you do not know will eat the fruit of your labor. So as we planted, as we planted the cotton, as we planted all this stuff, they're the ones who profited off of it. A people this you- high, This is a high price to pay over us being disobedient over our generation being disobedient. This is such a high price we paid. And it's, your time is up, devil. We, we paid our price. But what it, can we say? When Moses wrote it down thousands of years earlier that it would come upon us, we, we can't get mad at God. He gave us all the warnings. He showed us, if you do this, this will happen. He laid it out for us. And yet, and still, we chose to serve other gods. We chose to bow down to, to uh, the creation rather than the creator. And so it is a high price to pay in our ancestors. We've been paying for our ancestors' sins and our own sins for a long time. But God's not unjust in his judgment, right? None of his, none of his judgments are unjust. We got to pay the price for what we did. Or we've had to pay the price for what, for what we did. Um, okay, so let's go down to verse 34 here next. Uh, the sights you see will drive you mad. How many of us deal with, hit, with um, mental illness Literally, this is talking about mental illness. So it'll drive you mad. Mm -hmm. How many of us have mental illness? I, I had to tell somebody the other day, I was, uh, I was talking to him about uh, George Floyd and how traumatizing it was to go on Facebook and to see his death again oh and, again and again and again and again and again. Oh, my God. Help, help. It, oh, we, we literally saw the soul leave him. We, 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 we watched the this, this soul leave and it shook the foundation of the world. The, the, these black men again and again are getting murdered by police and we are exposing each other to that, to that trauma again, watching the execution of somebody again and again and again, literally driving us mad, driving us to a state of madness. And they wonder why we're angry. They wonder why we feel this way. Well, look at what we're being exposed to on a daily basis. So the sights you see will drive you mad. I went, um, I went down to the, uh, the turkey hut. I went and got a, a, a turkey leg yesterday, and his uh, the mural is not far from there. And I drove past it again. It's it's just I, I, every time I get near there, I just have to go ride by it and say a prayer. But go ahead, sorry, brother Griff. Mm -hmm. um, verse thirty six. 
It says, the Lord will drive you and the king you said over you to a nation unknown to you or your ancestors, to a nation that you've never known, okay? If we were in Africa, we know that between Africa going into uh, Arabia or what's now called the Middle East, those people, uh, they had established routes in which they traveled back and forth. Um, and so a people unknown isn't Africans or Arabians. Those people are all intermingled. But who right. would be a people unknown? Well, what was America called? It was called the New World. It was mm. a new world, right? Because when it was discovered, it was so, it was unconnected from, because in, 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 uh, in, the, in the region of where uh, Israel is, you know, you have Europe up here, you have Asia right here, you have Africa down here, but they're all connected. It's right. like a gateway between the three continents. And so they're all connected there. But what's the land that has no connection? You needed those boats to go over to the new world. Exactly. What's the land that has no connection? It's the Americas. There's no, that, that's not connected in any way. And even in Deuteronomy, it says ships. It says they're going to take we'll you in ships. We'll get there, Sister Easter. But, uh, but, but, but what is this idea of a nation unknown? It had to be a faraway distant nation. So in right. this case, this can't apply to the, um, to the Assyrian or the Babylonian captivity. We knew them. We knew the Assyrians. We knew the Babylonians. As a matter of fact, uh, especially with Assyria, the northern king of Israel had an alliance with the king of Assyria because he broke that alliance is why the Assyrians came to get the Israelites. Uh, so we knew them. They weren't unknown to us and our ancestors. The Babylonians, well, that's where Abraham started at. He was in the land of where Babylonia is now when he first started before he See, came to Israel. Is, this is speaking of now where we are right now. Our you ancestors knew them. Our ancestors you, knew you all those people. You can't make this stuff up, and it's right here in the Bible. Well, who our ancestors didn't know were the oppressors that came from the new world. That was a right. whole, we'd never seen them before. That's what we That's didn't what know. We're in, we're in that era now. Exactly. And so they came from nations unknown to us, and they forced us to worship other gods, gods of wood and gods of stone. Sister, and I, Sister Easter and I just spoke about this. When you think about gods of wood and gods of stone, I'm not going to go into this. This is a whole other uh, topic in itself. But I just want you to think about this. When you think about gods of stone, I'm going to pull up the picture real quick. When you think about gods of stone, um, remember back in ancient Rome and ancient Greece, they would literally make stone statues of Hercules and of Zeus and of right. all the gods of Mount Olympus. They would, all, they would put them all in stone statues uh, and they would worship those gods. Well, who do we have? Uh, who, do, who do we make? Who did we memorialize in stone here in America? Well, mm -hmm. what is this right here? Isn't this a memorial made in stone, even grander than anything that Rome or Greece ever made? This is the slave, most slave, is those the, slave masters that sit there up there on Mount Rushmore. Here they are, right here, etched in stone. Don't doesn't America bow down to these men, the founding fathers, the ones who made the Constitution? We bow down to them on a daily basis. If and you it's don't, not even, it's not even in their land. That's native. That's the Native Americans' land. But go ahead. That's a whole new topic. Yeah, we can't even dig into to how how blasphemous it was to put these here. Uh, they try to say those are land. the founding fathers. That's a lie too. They're not the founding fathers, and they were slave masters. They oppressed us. Go Absolutely. Ahead. But 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 here 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 you have it right here. A god of stone. Let me show you this. Um, the Washington. A lot of people don't even know what this is. The Washington Monument. This is. We all have seen this. If you've watched any presidential. Um, 
any uh, swearing in of the president, then you've seen this monument right there in front of the White House. It stands right there in front of the White House, the Washington Monument. This, mm -hmm. But most people don't know what this actually is. This is a monument that commemorates Washington's, it's like his tombstone. It's a monument that commemorates Washington's death. So it's his tombstone right here in stone. And as we, if you know Egyptian history, you know this is an obelisk and it, it's, a, it's a pillar of Egyptian culture. And so and, here and, it is again. And, you know, people are wondering why we want these things to come down. They're, they've oppressed us. They should come down. We built this stuff because we were in slavery and we had to. Absolutely. They need to come down. Now, the other thing that I would ask Sister Easter is when we talk about, uh, so we talked about Mount Rushmore and these presidents and how we have these, these gods in stone, but what about, what about wood? Is there anywhere else that you see the presidents on a daily basis that you that you can think of? You see them all the time here. Money. You on see your, them all, all the presidents on money. On your money. What is, so so we have the presidents memorialized. I'll go back to Mount Rushmore here. We have the presidents memorialized right here on stone, but isn't money made out of paper, Sister Easter? And paper is made out of wood. And isn't paper wood? That's hmm. right. So we have the them here. Is wood, wood and stone. There's the stone and the wood is the money. And we know the United States love money. We know Dow Jones, we know Trump. We know the leaders at B is all about the Benjamins. It's all about the money. Here are your false gods right here. Our, our founding fathers who are memorialized in, in stone. You see have it right here and memorialized in wood on our money. Here are your founding fathers. Here are your idols right here. So going back to that verse, uh, the Lord will drive you and the king will drive you and the king you said over you to a nation unknown to you or your ancestors. There you will worship other gods, gods of wood and stone. Hmm. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, let's, I'm not going to hark on that too much. So let's keep going here. 37. Preach. You will become a thing of horror, a byword, and an object of ridicule among all the peoples where the Lord will drive you. Okay. What does this word, what does this mean here, byword? What does that mean is the question. What is a byword? Let me look that up so we can make sure we know what that means. When yeah, you, when what does byword by word mean? I don't know what that means. Let's see what that, what the definition of that is. A byword is uh, a person or thing cited as notorious or an outstanding example or embodiment of something. So it's an example or an embodiment the second definition here is a word or expression that summarizes a thing's character or a person's principles. So a byword, a, a word that describes an entire people or summarizes mm -hmm. their character, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so where am I going with this? So it says, that, uh, it says that we will be a byword amongst all of the people of the nation. Okay, mm -hmm. it will be a byword. Here in verse, in verse 37, it will be a byword. Don't they call us niggers? Yeah. It doesn't the word nigger imply everything about us? Oh, they're niggers. That means they're ignorant, they're uneducated, they're dumb, they're violent, they're drug addicts, they're... Mm -mm -mm. Isn't that word made to describe our entire character? Wasn't yeah. that word used to describe our entire character? Huh. Yeah. 
doesn't every racial group in America know that word and know why the who that word was ascribed? Doesn't everybody in the world? Anytime you say the word nigger, you think of a black person because that's the word that they put out there about us. Let's keep not, it real. Not even only black, you think of an African American. You think very specifically. You know, you don't think of a of a, you don't think of a Caribbean Afro Caribbean for the most part. You think right. of African American. You think of somebody right. in America with black skin. They say the word nigger, and it makes you think of certain characteristics. So here right. it is, right here. You will be a byword. You will be a byword mm. and an object of ridicule an object of ridicule among all the peoples where the Lord will drive you. Nobody wants to, to, everybody looks and they'll say, yes, black people are, ask anybody in the nation would they switch places with black Americans? And they will say no, undoubtedly. Because, right. they, because they know the plight that we go through. They know that uh, the ridicule that we go through here in America. And, and that's why they they've all have, have raised up with us. They've risen with us in their protesting because they said, enough, why are you keep doing this to these people? Why? 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 You'll people become... are tired of even, they've gotten tired of seeing us being slaughtered. They've gotten tired of seeing the systematic oppression. The other races have even gotten tired and it's not even them. You will, become a, you will become a thing of horror to your point, sister. So here in verse 37, they are horrified by us. They look at us and they look at these lynchings. They look at uh, these, these cop killings, and it's a horrific. People are horrified when they look. They're so horrified at this point that people started to act out with us, say, this is so horrific. Let me stand with them as well, because I can't even go. Look at this. It's so horrific that Caucasians are putting their arms together to block us so we don't get killed out there. That's the only reason they haven't killed us and lynched us and gunned us down now, because they have other races out there with us. Oh, oh, trust and believe. It's insane. But let's keep going here. Verse 43, it says, the foreigners who reside among you will rise above you higher and higher, but you will sink lower and lower. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now for this one, I want to look into our communities. When you go into a, a black community, sisters, or you go into a black neighborhood, um, who owns the store, the corner store, the family's corner store, who owns that? The Caucasians own it. The Caucasians, I, I would say it's the Indians. I would say you go into most uh, corner stores and it's going to be either somebody that's Middle Eastern or Indian that oh, runs that store. Like 7-Elevens in different places like that. I'm talking about the corner stores in our community. You go into a corner store in our community, it's going to be mm -hmm. usually, you go into a laundromat in our community, it's usually going to be somebody from, from Asiatic descent that owns right. that. But, and different, you're right. But, and, and it's, it's no, it's no, uh, it's not talking down to any of those groups. It's just a fact, right? Like, like a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of urban businesses are owned by folks who are not black. You go to our communities and black people don't own the community. Right. Nail shops, nail shops, hair shops, all those type of places. Right. And so, but, but what happens in that, in that case, right? We were brought here when the original colonizer came. They brought us with them. The Europeans brought us with them. So we've been here just as long. Only people who've been here longer than us are the natives, whose land it actually is. We've been here just as long as the colonizer. Right. Yet, yet, yet the Black American is still, out of all ethnicities, we're still the most worse off in America. We still don't own anything we still uh, racist system we, it, it's still going on but the, the chinese the but the chinese came here after us on us that we discriminate against jobs and banks and 
but the Chinese came here after us, but the uh, Middle Eastern folks came around. How have they all risen to places that are higher than us in society? How is their people as a whole, how have they risen higher than us if we've been here for longer? But isn't that what this says right here? The foreigners who reside among you, so not the colonized, we're not, we're not talking about the Europeans, we're talking about the other, everybody else. Right. The foreigners who reside among you will rise above you higher and higher. Well, even, our, even in our communities, even in our, give me one second, even in our communities, even in our communities, the foreigner has bought up all of the businesses and they're able to take our dollar, convert that into college opportunities for their children, whereas we are just being consumers and we have no entrepreneurial effort, even in our own communities. They've risen higher and higher and we've sank lower and lower. The wealth gap's gotten uh, enormous in the last day. The wealth gap's gotten bigger and bigger. We've gone lower and lower while even the folks who are non-white, even the, the other minority groups have risen higher and higher. Okay, I'm sorry, Sister Easter. What do you want to say there? I was saying, this is Deuteronomy. This is the fifth book in the Bible. This was written a long, long time ago. I don't know the date, but we're in 2020 and we're experiencing this now. You can't make this stuff up. Yeah. Go ahead. They will, verse 44, they will lend to you, but you will not lend to them. They will mm. be the head, but you will be the tail. If that mm -hmm. ain't our experience in America, I don't know what is. Yes. We are the, we are the, we've been the tail. And this is not a matter of uh, any kind of victim mindset. We're not sitting here saying, no, we're just sitting here laying out the facts. As historically in America, we have been the tail. We have been the tail of finance, of, of so many things. Um, but let's keep going here. Uh, verse 40. How am I doing on time, Sister Easter? I get to going and I can't even. I, I didn't keep track. I told you to, but uh, go, go ahead. We want to go ahead. Verse, 40, verse 48. Therefore, in hunger and thirst, in nakedness and dire poverty, you will serve the enemies the Lord will send against you. He will put an iron yoke on your neck until he has destroyed you. So in hunger and thirst, in nakedness and dire poverty, you will serve. Well, again, let's go back to slavery. Was there an iron note, iron yoke placed on our neck during slavery? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. if, you, if, you didn't, if you didn't know, let's just see an image. If you have no idea what slaves are put into. Um, oh my God, help well, well, here is us right here in iron, in an iron yoke, right? Or if you want to see. This, this, this is very disturbing when you start reading when you start getting down into this 48, it's, it's, oh my God. He will put an iron, he will put an iron yoke on your neck and in nakedness, mm -hmm. hunger and thirst and dire poverty. Weren't we darn near naked during this whole time? No shirt, no nothing, just something to cover up our genitals. And a lot of times we didn't even have that. We were just in naked, we were just naked. They, on, on Wall Street, they had us naked. It was nothing to cover us up. And you talk about they want to, to see everything, the product of what they were getting. And you talk about dire poverty. Well, we were slaves. <laughs> there's no there's no greater poverty than that. Poverty doesn't get any greater than slavery. Um, but let's keep going here. That was verse 48. Uh, verse 49 through 50. The Lord, this here is something else. 49. The Lord will bring we're a gonna nation. Sum it up with this 49 and 50. Go ahead. The Lord will bring a nation against you from far away, hmm. from the ends of the earth, like an eagle swooping down. Mm -mm -mm. A nation whose language you will not understand. 
mm-hmm. a, a fierce looking nation without respect for the old or pity for the young. That, that, hey. that right there, that's the icing on the cake. An eagle, go ahead. A nation from far away. As we spoke about, this of this, going back to verses 45 and uh, 46 here, we spoke about the fact that these curses would be continual. They would happen again and again and again. But this is the thing that lets you know that they happen here in America. The Lord will bring a nation against you from far away, from the ends of the earth. Well, Babylon and Assyria were not far away. They were not the ends of the earth. Again, they were right there in the known world. They were right there in the part of the land that we knew about. We knew about Babylon and Assyria when we were in Israel. When we were in Israel, that's not the ends of the earth. But what is the ends of the earth? Well, wouldn't the new world be the end of the earth? The part that people didn't even know existed, yet they came from there to come and get us, um, from far away, from the end of the earth, like an eagle swooping down. They will come like an eagle swooping down. Well, didn't America come for us? like an eagle swooping eagle. down eagle. their entire mascot the entire the entire uh, uh personification of the nation is the eagle swooping down a nation whose language you will not understand well if we go back to babylon and go back to assyria both of those language groups come out of the same canaanite language group which we got hebrew from so while we may not have spoken the exact same language it's like speaking uh, 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 Spanish versus speaking English. They both came out of Latin. So while it's not the same language, there are a lot of what's called cognates or things that we can see in both languages that I can say, okay, I don't know what this means, but it's, it's so close to English that I can get the meaning. Well, that's how it would have been with the Babylonian and Assyrian languages. They were so close to ours because we came from the same original language that we would have understood parts of their language. This here says a nation whose language you do not understand. We didn't know any English. That was so foreign. Any English when we came here, correct. That was so English, Spanish, uh, all of those Latin languages were incredibly foreign to us because the Latin languages don't come from don't come from the Canaanite family group, and so a language we would not understand. And coming from the ends of the earth tells this is not a this is not exclusively about Babylon and Assyria, but it's talking about a people from a faraway distant land. Well, that's America, um, and, and, and that's a transatlantic slave trade. So we, we can't get around this Deuter- Deuteronomy 28 that we were disobedient, our uh, ancestors, and so that's why we're here. And so that's why I say we have to take some accountability, too, for what's going on. And so it was already written. All this was already written. All we have to do is read it. But now is the time to come out of it. Egypt, that was 400 years. United States, 400 years. We're not going to do another 400 years, are we? We are the Hebrew Israelites. We're the original Jews. We, are, we refuse to do another 400 years in bondage, in slavery, in systematic oppression. Mm-hmm. We're not Amen. doing this anymore. We know too much. Amen. We know too much. So we have got we ha, we have got to get in um and, and pray as a nation. We have got to know our identity to come out of this. 
And that's the point of going through this Deuteronomy here is to show that we are under the curse. Yeah, we've been oppressed continually here in America. Yes, we've been robbed continually, but it's all prophesied right here in Deuteronomy. Everything that has happened to us, it continues to happen to us. Again, when we talk about America here, verse 50 says, a fierce looking nation without respect for the old or pity for the young. Well, we know that they took our babies and would use them as alligator bait so they can kill alligators. We know that they took our they took our young and they would just murder them. They would kill them as if they were, uh, you know, as if they were just whatever. They would take our old people. Or they would take them out the fields because they were old. You would be a slave until you were dead. You would you would work the field or work somewhere in slavery until your life they ended. They kill those babies that were, were were half half and half because they would rape the women in the barn. Those babies would come out white. They would kill them too. We, no we, respect for the old or pity for the young. Um, verse 54, I got to go ahead and finish now, sisters. Verse 54, even the most Gentile and sensitive man among you will have no compassion on his own brother uh, or the wife he loves or his surviving children. Look at how many fatherless homes we have. Even our most gentle men have been turned into abandoners, people who abandon their wife, their, their mother of their child and their children. Even the most Gentile sensitive men among us have become gangbangers and are killing one another in the streets of Chicago and LA and other places. Even the most gentle among us, we're not, we're not aggressive by nature. This has been placed among us. This has been placed into us. This is, we've learned this behavior from our captors. We've, we've, been, we've been taught this. And that's why I say that we have got to do better. We, we have got to start educating our children. We have got to stop whipping them and educating them and then, and I, and I want the Caucasian race to stop saying we're violent. There's nothing more violent than you beating someone, tying them to a tree, and setting them on fire, and leaving them there for days for the vultures and, and maggots and flies to eat. I, I can't think of nothing more violent than that. And we're not here to, uh, to try to, to point fingers or do things. We're just talking about our history and, we, and things need to stop and we need to come together as a country, repent, admit your fault, and let's move forward as a nation. Amen. That's what we want. Amen. Uh, I'm gonna keep going here to Caesar just to read. I got about three more verses. Verse, uh, and I'm, I'm, gonna skip, I'm, gonna skip, I'm gonna skip over a few. We gotta, we gotta finish it now. Give us one more, Brother Griff. We gotta finish it now because the last couple of these verses are some smoking gun verses. Uh, verse 62. It says, you who are as numerous as the stars in the sky will be left but few in number because you did not obey the Lord your God. So you are as numerous as the stars in the sky, you will be left few. Well, do you know that because of the abortion rate by Black Americans, we are the only people group in the world who are not replacing themselves? What I mean by that is we're the only people group in the world that's not getting bigger. Because we abort so many of our children, we're actually shrinking in population. We're only 13% and we're getting smaller population-wise because of, first of all, because of the diseases that shorten our lifespan and because we are aborting so many of our children, we're not expanding and getting bigger. A young lady who argues, uh, she's a Republican and she argued, she was arguing with T.I. Uh, Candace Owens, we're not, we're not going into, into well, we don't go into that, but I'm just saying she even mentioned a statistic on that's part of why Trump, he's saying because the Spanish, uh, the, the, the Spanish population is multiplying to the point where they're going to at some point take over the vote. 
that they can actually pre uh, predict the vote. Right now, we're in that position that we can't. So there's a gap right now that on November 3rd, we need to vote because we can actually predict it. But that's not going to stand forever with the rate that we're going is what I'm trying to say. But go ahead. Um, okay, verse 64 and 65. Among those nations, you will find no repose, no resting place for the sole of your foot. There the Lord will give you an anxious mind, eyes weary with longing and a, and a despairing heart. You will live in constant suspense, filled with dread both night and day, never sure of your life. This is why we're crying out, why we cried out for George Floyd, right? Because seeing stuff like that tells us that no matter how successful I become in life, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, my God, that nothing matters. If I get pulled over as a black man, I can die. Simple as that. No trial, no jury, no nothing. Just because I got pulled over as a black man, I am at risk of dying. I am forever anxious about my life, night and day filled with dread about my life. If another black man didn't take my life, being in the projects wherever I'm growing up, now I got to worry about doing everything right. I get pulled over for a, for a taillight, and because somebody has an irrational fear of me, they shoot me dead. Because, there's, because of whatever it may be, they shoot me dead. And so again, an irrational fear of our life. Say again, not sure of our life. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll, we will be anxious, anxious at all times, always in anxiety. Well, let me ask you, how many of us out there could be, you know, tagged up to date, got my insurance, my, everything is good. Yet if a police, I'm doing the speed limit, everything is good. Yet when a police officer pulls up next to me, everything clinches up. My, my jaw clenches up, my, my, my joints clench up. I get nervous or anxious because I know what it means to get a, a DWB, driving while black. And so I could be doing nothing wrong, but I still get anxious because I'm a black man in America or a black woman in America. And that's what I was about to say. It's not just men, it's women too. It's Absolutely. Too. He will well, give you an anxious mind. For the lesson, Read Deuteronomy 28. Um, our curses are there. It's written. And everything that's on there is what we're experiencing today. But we, at, at, we're at the, the time period to come out of it. We are at the awakening. That's what we say, one, the awakening. We are at the awakening right now. There's protesters. They're not covering anymore because they don't want to cover. They're still out there. We have awakened, okay? Um, we are the Hebrew Israelites. This is us that they're talking about. Who else could it be? There's no other race going through this right now. So don't tell me these aren't black people right now. We're reading in the fifth book of the Bible in Deuteronomy. It's us. And we want to keep telling you, we are the original Jews. We are the Hebrew Israelites. And, and Sister Easter, I just want to, I just want to finish off just this last, this is the last verse of Deuteronomy 28, but it's, it's a, it's a huge verse. 68, verse 68 says, the Lord will send you back in ships, because you, you probably actually brought this up earlier. The Lord will send you back in ships to Egypt on a journey I say you should never make again. Well, think about this verse. Did we go to Egypt in ships the first time? We know we didn't because we already covered that in our series. The, mm -hmm. way, the, the reason the Israelites were in Egypt the first time is because of the famine. Because right. Joseph, Joseph was sold into slavery. Yep. Joseph was sold into slavery. He brought 70 people over there. That's how we originally got in there. So, so we never go in there and ship. So where would, do we go in ships? 
it, would, it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense to go there in ships because you can walk to Egypt from right. Israel. It wouldn't be, it didn't make zero sense. Uh, right. So what is being spoken of here? I will send you back in ships to Egypt. Well, we can't go from Africa. If we were in Africa to another place in Africa in ships, we, we would have walked across the land. Okay, we can't go from Israel to Egypt in ships. We haven't done it a second time. This mm -hmm. is the United States back. Well, where do we go in ships? So Egypt, right? Egypt, remember in the Bible, is the name for all spiritual wickedness. And so where do we go, a land of spiritual wickedness and ships? Well, we were taken into the spiritual Egypt. I just showed you how our White House has Egyptian uh, spiritual monuments right in front of it, how our money has Egyptian pyramids on it. There's obviously a worship of Egypt here by the American elite. But um, we were taken to Egypt or America by ships in this last uh, slave trade. And so you have it all right there for you. Money does have a pyramid on it. I never thought about that. Absolutely. Everything we do here is worship in Egypt. Think about this, Sister Easter. Why did they wear, why did our founding fathers wear those wigs? Those, those, remember those white wigs that they wore? Let me pull up a picture right. real quick. Um, let me see if I can find it. I, I don't know what that thing is called, but uh, wig founding fathers. See if you get a picture of it. Founding fathers. Remember they, remember they wore these. They would always wear those wigs. These strange wigs they would wear. Right here they are right here. Right? Where did they get that from? You ever think about this? Where did they get that from? No, I never thought about it. Where did they get those wigs from? Check this out. Isn't that the same thing that's going on here? Yeah. Isn't that the same, you know, back then it was, it was a headdress. It was made out of fabric, but then they turned it into hair. Look at the form of it. Look at how it drips down on the side, how it comes up on the top and then drapes down on the side. What, what the pharaohs used to wear in Egypt, right? So, right. so look, at, look at this right here. Now I'm going to go back to the headdress. Let me go back to the headdress. Isn't that the same style comes up on the top and drapes down on the sides? It's wool as what? Black people. Same exact style. Same well, exact style. Because so, that's known back in the days. So there's a lot of things that prove that uh, that they that America loved Egypt and worshipped the same kind of gods that Egypt worshipped. But um, again, I will pause it right there on that. Okay. And so uh, today is Sabbath day, and it's the first of the month. And you talk about we talk about the first fruits. And so let's do a communion. Uh, we're going to do a and we're going to have our communion. And you're welcome. We're going to do this every first Saturday of the month. Uh, I am an ordained minister. You don't have to be an ordained minister to have your communion. I know the churches are closed right now. You can go online and do it with us. You can do it with your family by yourself. So it comes out of Matthew 26. Matthew 26 and 26 through the 28th verse. And I'm going to read it real quick. And as they were eating, Jesus took up bread and blessed it, and he broke it. And so you can use a cracker and took up bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and says, take it and eat it. This is my body. Then he took up the cup, and he gave thanks, and he gave it to them, saying, drink it. From, drink from it all for you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many and for the remission of sins. 
And then what you can do is add to well, on the first Corinthians 11 and 26. So first Corinthians 11, 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for another opportunity, Lord. We thank you for the word that uh, you've given us, that Griff has delivered. We thank you, Father. Lord, we ask that you forgive us for our sins. Anything we said or done that is not of you, Lord, we say we're sorry. God, we ask that you hear our cry, Lord. We, we know we've, we've done wrong. We know that this curse, Deuteronomy 28, was for uh, generational curses, and we say we're sorry, Lord. We are awakening. We're coming together as a nation to know our identity, to say we're sorry. We are your people, Lord, and we're going to come out of this. We're going to, to be who you said. We're going to follow the law and the commandments that you have set before us, Father. Yes, Lord. As a nation, as the generation, as they gain more knowledge, Lord, they're going to come out of this and they're going back to Israel. I might not be here to see it. You might not be here to see it, but we're going back to Israel. We're claiming our birthright right now in the name of Yahshua. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that we're able to hear right now anything that is not of you for you for their mindsets of, of in abortion clinics and, and taking our children and, and slaughtering our people and racism, uh, the systematic racism, we shut it down. We're shutting it down right now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. No more. No more, devil. No more. We've taken our, we're taking our identity back. We're taking our land back. We're taking our children back. We're taking our men back. We're taking our family back. We're taking our inheritance back. We're taking our land back. We are going back home. And we are setting up camp. If it has to be here, we're making this our home. And you're going to do it right by us, United States of America. That eagle is going to fly. It's going to do right by us, United States of America. You are going to quit killing our people, United States of America. We are going to rise as a nation, as the kings and queens and the daughters and the sons that we are, United States of America. United States of America will come as one. The Gentiles, the Hebrew Israelites, all of us, we will come together as one. Yahshua, praising them. Every knee is going to bow. Every rock's going to turn. Every tongue is going to confess that there is a true and living God. We love him. He has died for our sins. He has risen. We await him. He is good. He is merciful. He is loving. Yes, Lord. He is our everything. Amen. He is praying for us. He has not forgotten us. He is not tired of us. He awaits us because he loves us. And he wants us to do better. He wants us to have better. We're straightening up. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Yahweh. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Your people are crying. Your people are suffering. But you're sitting on the throne. And we know to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. But we ask that just longevity in life, Psalm, Psalm 91. We want to live out our days. We give it all to you. We ask that you help us because we're nothing without you. And you said even in clouds beneath you are dirty, even to think it is, is sinful. Wipe these, these thoughts out of our head. Wipe this negativity. Wipe the negativity out of our mouth, out of our vocabulary. We love you. 
Love, love conquers all. Yes, Lord. Forgiveness conquers all. The truth, the truth has been told. It's in the Bible. You've given us the truth. We're giving it to your people. The truth stands. God is the light. We are the children of God. We are the light. Yes, Lord. And we will not hide our light. Someone said, oh, you're keeping turmoil. That's a lie and the truth ain't in you. The truth, it, it will set you free. That's what the Lord said. Mm-hmm. And Yahweh name. And Yahshua name. Amen. Yahshua name. Amen. Thank you for that, Sister Easter. Um, just as we close up, uh, we didn't get to like some, I just wanted to say that we point to Deuteronomy 28 to show our condition and, and why we've been the way we are here in America, but don't let that despair you because while we've gone through that in America, all it takes is repentance. As Sister Easter said in her prayer, all it takes is repentance to come back to God and change what was our curses into our blessings but we have to do it as a nation. We have to do it together. We have to do it corporately. We have to turn our face back towards him. Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Our land is cursed. Our land needs to be healed. The only way to do it is what Sister Easter just read. So I don't want to leave anybody on like this kick of like, it's just so negative for us because it has been negative for us. We have it under the curses, but the time is up. 400 years is up. Now God is supernaturally revealing our identity to us. He's supernaturally showing us who we are, that we can come back to him as a nation, that we can call out to him together, and we can get back into our blessings and who we're supposed to be as a people. Stand on God's promises. Give him back his word. His word doesn't go void. Read your Bible and be in good standing and say, God, you said this. And God, you said that. And God, you said you'll give me the strength. And God, you said I won't lean on my own understanding. You'll, you'll guide me. God, you said cry and I'll make your path straight to me when you're crying. That's your father. When you cry, he, he, come, he comes to see about you. He loves you. Amen. Well, family, thank, thank you for another teaching. We appreciate it. Uh-huh. Thank you once again. Leave comments. Shalom. Shalom, family.